This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. The evidence of Johannesburg's decay is everywhere, from potholed roads and littered pavements to more recent water disruptions. But despite mounting discontent among its residents, some Jobo councillors appear more interested in looking after their own interests. The toll on service delivery of a series of shaky coalitions is no secret. But how much do we really know about the maneuvering happening behind the political scenes? And who exactly is pulling the strings? Govan finds shocking clues in an investigation into the Johannesburg Property Company. A shadow has fallen over Johannesburg. A patronage network is sucking it dry. Insiders say there's a protection ring of politicians and officials. And those who take them on don't last. Look at the Johannesburg Property Company, the JPC, they said. The private company that manages the city's portfolio of thousands of properties. From hostels to sports clubs, museums and offices, it's easy to make money disappear at the JPC. Its CEO is Helen Buertis. She's been in charge for 14 years. Her current annual salary, 3.4 million rand. With the 413,000 rand performance bonus and 250,000 rand to travel the world. But an insider says Buertis is at the center of a network that has channeled city cash to politicians. In return, they protect her. She has mastered the art of dispensing patronage. She has mastered the art of paying people. And how they do it, it's through the property portfolio. The JPC manages the city's portfolio of 27,908 properties, valued, they say, at around 9 billion rand. Its priorities are to maximize revenue to make the city a better place, to keep an updated asset register of those properties, and to control and bill outdoor advertising. In February last year, advocate Brenda Madumisi was elected chairperson of the JPC's new board to which the CEO is answerable. And that's what we came in to do, just to hold management and executives accountable. Her board had questions for Buertis, but found they seldom got satisfactory answers. She believed that um, no one can challenge her or test her because she's got the answers, because she's been there for 14 years. You just came in, you think you know, you don't know, I know, and I know better than all of you. And I'll give you the answers. In your case, you interrogated them. Yeah. And frequently, right? Many times. Advocate Madumisi hasn't given a television interview on what she found behind the scenes at JPC last year until now. It's alleged that under Buertis, the JPC was enmeshed in a bitter political power play in the corridors of City Hall. I saw how politics play themselves out in this city. You will compromise service delivery to your, the residents who pay 
huge sums of money to keep this city going and not have a conscience, none whatsoever. At the time, the DA mayor Mpopalatse led a fragile coalition of 10 different parties. I'm really excited, I'm encouraged by the passion that we've all shown for our beloved city. But the ANC was champing at the bit to take control of Johannesburg again. Advocate Madumisi, though, was focused on the JPC's finances. She worried that revenue from their leases wasn't what it should be. So if you look at the property portfolio, when they give you the statement from finance and you look at how much they're collecting, it's, it's, it's shocking what they're collecting. The JPC's recent financials confirm a company that is technically insolvent. By far its biggest expense at around 465 million rand is salaries. The company is only kept going by a grant it gets from government. Former mayoral committee member for economic development, Leah Knott, says that's despite the JPC earning money from leases and outdoor advertising. Well, all commercial contracts are the big ones, the million rand contracts that adorn our streets and uh, city of Joburg properties. JPC manages those contracts. But if you had to go look at their books, they hardly have any viable or current contracts that are actually bringing revenue into the city. But somebody is receiving revenue because they're getting the permissions and the authorization to put these up. But ailing finances, despite an impressive property and advertising portfolio, are not where the controversy around JPC ends. The city also leases hundreds of buildings from private landlords for the departments and spends millions every month paying rent. Last year, JPC paid out 140 million rand. Why does JPC lease properties from private property owners when it has so many properties of its own? Good question. I think it's a model that works and makes money for many people. Then last year, Proton House, leased to the city from 2017 to 2019, became the center of a scandal that might just provide insight into the underbelly of dirty politics in Johannesburg. That building, if you've ever visited it, and I did, it was decrepit. The lifts didn't work, the doors were broken, some of the, the disabled staff actually couldn't get into the building. It was run down when the city rented it. So a year after, we've already moved our staff out because of the safety issues. Months later, the landlord demanded that the JPC pay 27 million rand to restore the building to what it was. A city report put the amount at closer to 2 million rand. It seemed the landlord was adding costs that were not for a tenant. All of a sudden now we need to pay the owner of Proton House 27 million rand to bring the property back to the state it was before. A figure that high needed the approval of the JPC board. But Brenda alleges Buertas altered what's known as a delegation of authority, allowing her to push the payment through. The board was none the wiser. We realized that we approved this particular document and certain clauses were changed. By who? By her. After the fact, right? So you delete a section. By that time, the board had already held several meetings including one in which the JPC informed them of a 700,000 rand sponsorship deal, making the secrecy around the Proton House payment even more baffling. And here's 
what boggled the mind and that of, of the entire board. So he informed us for 7,000, but he didn't see it fit to tell this board that we have paid out 27 million. Brenda's board was about to suspend Buitis. They had eight charges against her, including a failure to act with fidelity and honesty and in the best interests of the JPC. There were very serious charges and we were very confident in our pursuit of all of that. You mean you were confident you could prove that she'd committed yes. fraud? Yeah, we could. And I'm still very confident till today. And it's here that greed, politics, and the alleged rot at the JPC collide. According to our insider, Buertis mustered her political forces to ensure she stayed in a position, rerouting the 27 million rand from Proton House to buy the allegiance of councillors and the EFF. They call her our force. They say she is our force. And, says our insider, she was a force for the ANC too. Because if you don't change government, she's gone. And therefore, there's no longer a channel for patronage for the ANC in the long term to raise funds for the elections in 2024. Are you saying that the money from Proton House, the 27 million, was used to change the government in the city of Johannesburg? Yes, definitely. Definitely an illegal decision was taken to serve the motion of no confidence the following day. On the day they would suspend him? On the day she was to be suspended. They acted like gangsters. It was like hunters seeing blood. And they did it anyway so they could quickly arrest the situation and prevent Helen Buertis from being fired. Former DA Mayor Mpopalatse laid charges soon after. Part of that 27 million rands would be used to destabilize the coalition government by funding the payment of bribes. Palazzo also alleged that the Proton House payment was used to buy votes to collapse her administration. Buertis called it theatrics and denied any wrongdoing. There were other individuals who also claimed to have seen sort of, it sounds so movie-like, money and boots of cars being exchanged in the basement just before this vote happened. But is she such a big political player that she could change the government in the city of Johannesburg to ensure she doesn't lose her position? It sounds bizarre and it sounds unrealistic. But my experience with it is that every time you have evidence against her, it disappears or it gets swept under the carpet. But yeah, I mean, if you connect the dots, it's, it's, it's highly coincidental that all of these things happened around the same time. Soon after, the JPC board received a letter from their new political bosses. All decisions taken by the boards in September 2022 were revoked. Remember, the decisions that we made in September where the appoint forensic investigators was also to institute this process against the CEO. Why would you tell us to stop what we're doing? What is the justification for you instructing this board not to, to do its work? Buertis' disciplinary was swept away, and not long after, so was Brenda's board. Buertis had won. This case, the union was fighting for Helen. They fought for her. They accused us, called us names, they wrote us letters demanding our resignation. That's the order of the day. You'll be hounded out. It seems like going up against Helen Buertis is hopeless, that she's unbeatable. I think so too, right? I think um, if you want to, to have your career and be okay, maintain peace, stay away from uh, trying to challenge 
certain individuals uh, stay away from raising issues because uh, you'll be persona grata. At the height of COVID, the Joburg property company went on a spending spree. In one day, they spent 7 million rand fogging the basement seven times. When the SIU took a closer look, they implicated Helen Bortis. Now, just a few floors up in the city manager's office, that report is gathering dust. If anyone was able to ensure action was taken on the allegations against Bortis, it's city manager Floyd Brink appointed earlier this year. But he too has failed to act despite the Special Investigation Unit recommending both disciplinary and criminal referrals. It has been over two years. Nothing has happened. So you ask yourself, is it the incompetence on the part of our law enforcement, or is it somebody who is one step ahead, who is able to cover the bases ahead of time and have the ability to kill the cases before they happen? But it wasn't just the SIU that had looked into Buertis. Group Forensics, or GFIS, who investigate corruption by city officials, also had evidence of wrongdoing under her watch. Contractors had overcharged JPC, submitted fake invoices, or not done the work at all. What happened to the GFIS investigations? Nothing. Nothing happened. So the paper that you'll have before you, you are raising it today. Six months down, someone else is going to raise it and it continues. Right? Because no one is going to be held accountable. Our insider says Brink protects Buertis. But in a note to carte blanche, Brink has denied that. Not, though, questions why the current administration is actively shutting down investigations, dismantling GFIS, and taking control of who will be investigated. With Helen, you know, we've got the SIU investigations, we've got the GFIS investigations. At the moment, we're fighting the disempowerment of GFIS, which is directly linked to the investigations that are being done into her, um, as well as several other high-ranking, you know, officials within the administration. And the SIU's criminal referral on Buertis is with the National Prosecuting Authority. And now, Dada Morero, an ANC councillor appointed to the city's key finance portfolio, has announced a two billion rand refurbishment of the Metro Center, a project that falls within the ambit of the Johannesburg Property Company. So you think the board was defeated by a patronage network? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, even me being here, it's going to make it worse, right? But you know what, who cares? The EFF and the ANC ignored our request for an interview, and so did Buertis for over a month. On Friday afternoon, she finally responded through the city spokesperson. The response received from the city dealt with some but not all the allegations we put to them. They admit that the JPC is insolvent but say it's caused by debts owed by other City of Johannesburg departments. They say it's a dynamic company with about 28,000 properties and a fully compliant and verifiable asset register. On the Proton House matter, they say this was a legal settlement and there was no overinflation of prices. The costs were based on an independent quantity surveyor's bills and all legislative processes were followed. They also say no charges by the previous board were formulated. That's another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast done and dusted. Remember to follow and subscribe to our show on Spotify and all other major podcasting platforms. 
have something to say? Join the conversation using hashtag carte blanche on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We love hearing from you.